Hello everyone, welcome to 360 on History, a resource for science, history and nature. Please check out our website and follow us on social media. You must have heard of the Humboldt Penguin or the Humboldt Current. Do you know after whom they were named? Today's podcast is about a very influential scientist that you may never have heard of. His name is Alexander von Humboldt. It was his birthday a couple of weeks ago and I thought this is the best time to talk about him. Alexander von Humboldt was born on September 14, 1769 in Berlin, which at that time was part of the Kingdom of Prussia, which itself was part of the Holy Roman Empire. One of these days, I will do a podcast on the beast that was the Holy Roman Empire. So, back to Alexander. He was a polymath, geographer, scientist, naturalist, explorer and philosopher. And he was a painter. By the time he was 45, he had painted a self-portrait. He was interested in knowledge across the board. A bit like this podcast. Okay, so Humboldt's driving ambition was to seek out the interconnectivity of the world. He wanted to understand the entire natural order. Basically, he wanted to understand the universe. This interest was obvious at a very young age when he started collecting plants, insects and pebbles at the family's summer residence. Because of this, he was called the little apothecary. He was encouraged by his father to do so but he died when Alexander was just 10 years old. His mother, cold and controlling, compelled him to become a civil servant so that he would stay close to her. So, he started studying economics. But his breadth of interest was so great that he soon moved on to bigger and better things. He travelled up the Rhine River in 1789 and then on to England where he met and befriended botanist Joseph Banks. This friendship further fueled his interest in botany and in biology. Because of his belief in the interconnectivity of nature, he started working on botanical geography, laying the foundation for the field of biogeography. In the same year, he started studying physics and chemistry, as well as mineralogy and geology at the University of Göttingen. The Rhine travels resulted in his 1790 treatise mineralogic observations on several basalts on the River Rhine. Yes, a bit of a mouthful. He eventually joined the School of Mines in Freiburg, Saxony, but left in 1792 without getting a degree. After obtaining a mining, an appointment at the mining department of the Prussian government, he travelled extensively, supervising all mining activity. And not just satisfied with that, he also invented a safety lamp and established a technical school for young miners with his own funds. Alexander perhaps always knew that he would not be limited to mineralogy and mines. He resigned in 1797 in order to pursue his real passion, scientific exploration. This was the time after the Napoleonic Wars and scientific exploration was limited due to political uncertainty. But he managed to get the permission of the Spanish government 
to visit their colonies in Central and South America. He financed the expedition himself and spent five years traveling the region with French botanist Amy Bonplan. They traveled through grassland and rivers and climbed mountains and volcanoes. His ascent of Chimborazo to a height of 5,878 meters out of 6,310 meters remained a world mountain climbing record for nearly 30 years. They both suffered from mountain sickness, but Humboldt even used this as a learning opportunity. He was the first person to suggest that mountain sickness was due to a lack of oxygen at great heights. He studied the current off the west coast of South America, which came to be known as the Humboldt Current, although now it is called the Peru Current. The trip resulted in the collection of a huge amount of information, new plant species, the determination of longitudes and latitudes, measurement of the Earth's geomagnetic field, observations of temperature and pressure, geological data, as well as statistical, social and economic data from Mexico. Humboldt spent over 20 years publishing his findings in Paris, where he lived after the expedition. His scientific results, when published, spanned 30 volumes. His meteorological data, highlighting mean daily and nightly temperatures, and his representations of isotherms and isobars on weather maps, helped to lay the foundation of comparative climatology. His most important observations, however, were those that he made on the relationship between a region's geography and its flora and fauna, and the role volcanoes and earthquakes played in the development of the Earth's crust. This last one changed the contemporary view that the surface of the Earth had been totally formed by sedimentation from a liquid state, because he popularized the idea that volcanoes are important in creating and forming landscapes in many of his public lectures. Even though his fortune had been significantly depleted, because of his expedition and publishing his work, Humboldt continued to help aspiring scientists and students financially. He was also anti-slavery and spoke against it. But he eventually ran out of funds and left Paris in 1827 to go back to Berlin and to serve as a tutor to the Crown Prince, as well as a member of the Privy Council and as a court chamberlain. Not only did he give lectures at the University of Berlin, he also organized Berlin's first international scientific conference in 1828. In 1829, he traveled to Russia as far as the Altai Mountains and the Chinese border. This also resulted in important geographical, geological and meteorological data about Central Asia, which was a little known region of the world at that time. Before the Russian expedition, he had already become interested in the geomagnetic field and successfully urged the Royal Society in Britain to establish observatories at their overseas territories. This helped other scientists to correlate the appearance of magnetic storms to solar activity. Alexander von Humboldt spent the last 25 years of his life writing Cosmos one of the most ambitious scientific works ever published. His methodology of observation and precise quantitative measurements using sophisticated instruments 
came to be known as Humboldtian science. During his lifetime, he became one of the most famous men in Europe and a member of many scientific societies. His work influenced many scientists and artists, including Charles Darwin, who made frequent references to his work in The Voyage of the Beagle. When Darwin's journal was published, he sent a copy to Humboldt. He lived to the age of 89, dying on May 6, 1859, probably due to failing health from an earlier stroke, and is buried at Tegel in Berlin. Humboldt's travels and work influenced the fields of biology, geology, and geography by providing information on the diversity and distribution of living organisms and the relationship to their environment. Through his many geological, botanical, and meteorological maps, he highlighted how distant parts of the Earth can be more interconnected than their immediate neighbors, and how the inner workings of the Earth influences its geography, plant, and animal life. In this way, he also laid the foundation for ecology. And not only that, he was perhaps the first person to talk about human-induced climate change in 1800 and again in 1831, based on observation gathered during his travels. Many honors were bestowed upon Humboldt during his life, and they continued for a while after his death. And more species are named after him than any other human being. But even with all of this, and considering the impacts he made, Alexander von Humboldt remains largely forgotten. There is a lot of information out there on Alexander von Humboldt, including a new book called The Invention of Nature, Alexander von Humboldt's New World by Andrea Wolf, if you want to know more about him. And also, please check out some of his illustrations with the show notes. The music for our podcast today is called Moonrise by Chad Crouch from the Free Music Archive. Thank you for joining us today. See you next time on another 360 on History podcast. Goodbye. Mm-hmm.